We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Sunday. Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Hope your weekend is treating you well. Hope you're enjoying a day of Sunday football. Stress-free, no Packers football. We've got a full week until Packers Chiefs. What I wanted to do today was go over the Packers rookies. Any guess as to how many rookies are on the full Packers roster, whether on IR, practice squad, or 53-man roster? I'll give you a second. The answer is 25, 25 rookies. They're probably at like 75 total somewhere on there because you've got what, 53-man roster and then a 16-man practice squad. So that's 69 plus Otomegu, which is 70. They probably got like maybe six, seven, eight guys on the, the injured list. So you're probably at like 75, 78, somewhere in there in total players. 25 of them in total are rookies this year. That is incredible. So what I figured we'd do today is run through all 25 rookies. I'm going to go through them position by position from quarterback to special teams and just kind of go over where they're at, how they've been playing, what their status is, and what we can kind of expect from them moving forward. So we'll start at quarterback. Not a ton to go over here. Sean Clifford's time, at least thus far, and hopefully it remains this way, was judged in preseason. And for all the people who in preseason said, man, Sean Clifford should not have been drafted. What was Green Bay doing? You know what he looked like in preseason? He looked like a pretty good backup quarterback. And I think we are well past the point, hopefully for most people, that it is not in fact Sean Clifford time. Uh, Sean Clifford should not be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But just the fact, all right, 
that there were a smattering of people that were calling for a Sean Clifford starting run at least tells you that they probably got the fifth round pick somewhat right. And at least he's a little bit enticing and exciting. And if Green Bay did ever have to play Sean Clifford in a game, there would at least be some intrigue to it. And it might not just be, well, this is for not, and they're going to lose a ton of games. Now, as I mentioned, I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, but I think he does project as a top tier backup if he can continue to kind of progress like we saw in preseason. And if we did get to see Sean Clifford in some small capacity, and hopefully the next time we see that is in training camp, family night, preseason next year, I'm excited to see him play again. But I think Goody got that one right. I personally, when I went back and watched him, I thought he was a draftable player. I said it all along. I thought he was a seventh round pick, good athleticism. Um, great moxie, great competitive spirit, big time program, team captain. Like he had a lot of the intangibles that you're looking for at that position. Needs to be a little bit more accurate, doesn't have a rocket arm or anything like that. But overall, I'm excited about Sean Clifford. I think he still projects as a long, long-term backup. And hopefully that's all Green Bay ever needs him as, is as a long-term backup. But fifth round pick, so far so good. And hopefully we don't get another evaluation of Sean Clifford until next preseason. Running back. Two rookie running backs technically on the roster. Manuel Wilson is currently on IR, and then Ellis Merriweather is on the practice squad. I have no Ellis Merriweather information for you. I apologize and I'm sorry. We have not seen him in any real capacity yet. Probably the biggest thing that you need to know when given the opportunity of elevating Ellis Merriweather off of the practice squad or bringing James Robinson back and moving him to the uh, active roster this week against the Lions, they chose to bring back James Robinson and not go with Ellis Merriweather. So that probably tells you that he is a ways away and they're more in evaluation and developmental period with Ellis Merriweather, but we'll see if he gets a shot to come back and be in training camp next year. Emmanuel Wilson was trending pretty well. He had an awesome preseason, earned his way onto the 53-man roster. I think a lot of us, for at least the beginning of the season, were wanting to see a little bit more Emmanuel Wilson. It felt like as of late, right before the injury, they were working into like he was going to get like five to eight snaps a game with maybe two or three touches. And I felt like that was a really good spot for him to be in. Unfortunately, he makes the most out of a couple of those touches in the last game that he played in and injures his shoulder and is now going to be out for at least at least three more weeks following the Lions game. He should be ready to go off of that IR stint when he's eligible to come back. You never quite know these things can be finicky, but if he is, we'll see if they use one of their, you know, return from IR slots on Emmanuel Wilson. I think there's probably a good chance that they will, but he's a nice developmental running back, undrafted free agent, good size, good speed. And I think he should continue to get better as time goes on pretty much a lock for the training camp next year. And we'll have to earn his job again next year. Nice player. And we'll see what he can kind of develop into long-term. Fullback, Henry Pearson. We actually saw some fullback snaps this past week. I think it was only like two of them. Had a nice play on one of those plays. Did a great job on special teams on that fake punt. Really kind of almost like setting an edge and, you know, forcing everything back inside so that they could get the tackle. He's a fun player, and I don't know how much Green Bay wants to use a fullback in their current environment. I will say this. If you're going to use fullback snaps, I would much rather have them on Henry Pearson right now than Josiah DeGuara. And Josiah DeGuara was hurt for that Lions game, which is why Pearson got called up. We'll see if he gets any more of those opportunities moving forward. I do think he has some potential as a fullback. We're just, you know, in a time and an age where you don't see a ton of fullback snaps. He's going to have to make his way on special teams and have to prove that if he is in at fullback, that he can be a physical, dominating, intimidating blocker. If not, you're probably just not 
you know, you're best not having a fullback on the roster, but he's in, in, is an intriguing option. And I'm excited to see if he does get called back into training camp next year and ultimately what they end up doing with him. And maybe he does find his way back on the roster at some point this year. Wide receiver, we finally get to the fun one. Quarterback, running back, fullback, not a ton on the roster worth talking about at this point. Wide receiver is not the case. Jaden Reed, wide receiver, second round pick. Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver. Malik Keith, rookie wide receiver. Grant Dubose, rookie wide receiver. Now, Dubose, we don't have much more intel on. I like the way that he came on at the end of preseason and uh, in that last couple like weeks of camp when he finally got healthy. They had the opportunity this week to call up Bo Melton or Grant Dubose. They went with Melton. Probably a lot of that is due to special teams. They didn't need Melton as a receiver in this game. They needed the extra player for teams. They used Bo in that situation. I don't think Dubose was ever going to be the call up for that very reason, but he still has upside and I'm excited to see what he can be long-term. The other three, however, are all trending in an extremely positive direction outside of Dontavian Wicks having the concussion, of course. Jaden Reed is coming into his own right before our very eyes. Playmaker, big time, you know, um, you know, just uh, you know, separator and, and ability to get open deep. The amount of explosive plays that he's already put out there has been incredible. Can use him on end arounds and reverses. He has strong hands and he'll go up and get the ball. I know early in the year he had some struggles with that, but in college he had no struggles with that. And we saw it in the last couple of weeks that he will go up and battle you for a ball if need be. Uh, like just dynamic is probably the best way to use it, uh, you know, best adjective to use for Jaden Reed. I think what I'm most impressed by is just that extra gear that he has. And we've seen it a little bit on the end arounds and reverses. We saw it on a catch that he had this past week against Detroit where he catches and then he's got a gear after that that he can get to. And that ability to have that playmaking skill after the catch is something that Green Bay is desperately needed. I've seen some comparisons of like, can he be the next Randall Cobb and things like that? Time will tell. I don't want to put any labels on him quite yet, but let's just say I have high expectations for Jaden Reed. I don't think his ceiling is as a dynamic slot player. I think he can be a all over wide receiver used at any position, finding ways to get open, making plays, contested catches, reverses, whatever you want to use him on. I think he can do. I think you can continue to use him as a punt returner if you want big time playmaker who continues to make plays. And like I said, is we're seeing him evolve right before our eyes. Dontavian Wicks, great route runner. He's had a couple drops, had a big fumble in a, you know, frustrating moment where he coughs up the ball, a ball a little bit behind him and tries to reach for the first down and just gives it to the other team. Outside of those few snafus that you would love to have back, this has been a really good player, especially for a fifth round wide receiver. His ability, again, to get open, his route running, his releases at the line of scrimmage, his breaks at the you know top of the route, he's shown some really impressive stuff. He had the great play two weeks ago where he catches a short pass, gets hit, fights through contact, and then has that extra gear to get upfield and make a more explosive play out of it. He's going to continue to get better. This is a player that they trust a lot. They've used a lot of playing time on already. In week one already, he was the Packers you know, top snap getter at wide receiver due to some of the injuries. They've used him on a lot of different trick plays. They clearly think very highly of him. I, I'm not so sure that he's not the receiver I'm most excited about just because I know separation is king in the NFL and he has a way of getting open and that is so valuable, so incredibly valuable. But just the value of where they got him and what he's brought to the table already is super impressive. And like I said, I am extremely high, as you guys probably already know, on Dontavian Wicks moving forward. Malik Heath, 
Tough start to the season. Awesome preseason. Earned his job. Then had a tough start. Had some drops. Even struggled with blocking, which was kind of his mo in you know the preseason and how he kind of made the team. This past week against the Lions was a beautiful game from Malik Heath. Multiple contested catches. I think he had four catches in under twenty snaps. Big time run blocking on two specific plays. Like that's the Malik Heath you want to see. And Green Bay has like their you know, undrafted free agent list of possession wide receivers that they've had over the years from Geronimo Allison to Jared Boykin to, I think there's another one in there that I'm missing too, but like they've had those type of wide receivers in the past. This one feels a little bit different. And I, I really like Malik Heath. And if he can continue to be that physical imposing blocker on the outside, he is going to get a lot of snaps out on the field. I think he it's tough because you've got five of these really young, talented wide receivers, but they each seem to have their niche and their role on the team. Malik Heath is growing into his right now, and I think he has a promising future as well. So the fact that you have three rookies, a second round pick, a day three pick, and an undrafted free agent that are making names for themselves already is a massive positive sign. And then you still have Grant Dubose as kind of a lottery ticket on the practice squad. Big time stuff from Goody at wide receiver in this past year's draft. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I think it's safe to say we've officially reached the holiday season, which is sure to bring a tremendous amount of love and joy and its usual holiday cheer. But let's be real. It's also going to come with in-laws, chaos, and a fair amount of stress and anxiety as well. We've all been there. The holidays are always enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but there are also those holiday moments that we all have to deal with, and we can all deal with them in very different ways. If you're feeling anxious or nervous, sad or stressed, just know those feelings are normal but also know that there are different ways that you can counteract those feelings. And for me, therapy has given me a beacon to look to in those difficult holiday moments. It's equipped me with the tools necessary to handle and manage a wide range of situations and a wide range of emotions. During therapy, I've learned positive ways to deal with negativity, and I've learned the skills necessary to handle all the curveballs that life likes to throw at us. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so incredibly flexible, and it's adaptable to your unique schedule. Find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Tight end. This is one of the low key things that has been so impressive about this team this year. You, you're dumb 
if you think that you can go into a season with three rookie tight ends, that is stupid. This is one of the hardest positions to learn for a rookie coming into the NFL. You're going to go with three rookie tight ends at that spot, not to mention one of them who you just claimed at the start of the season. Yeah, you spent a second and third round pick on the other two, but one of them was from a small college. The other one hasn't played a ton due to some injuries and some other stuff at Oregon State. And those are the three, you're just going to roll with three rookies at tight end. And yet somehow it is working and they've been a net positive for this team so far. That is unbelievable. And the ceiling on these three is incredibly high. Musgrave, I know he's got the stumble issue. I don't know that he's ever going to grow out of the stumble issue. That's okay. It might take down his ceiling a little bit because, listen, the best of the best, the Gronks, the Kelseys, the Gateses, the whomever you want to put in that conversation are catch ball and get up field. And there isn't that stumble. There's that immediate playmaking ability right after the catch. So it might bring down his ceiling a little bit if he can't figure that out. But he gets open. He's so freaking fast. He's tall. He's got good hands. And he's going to be a big time weapon for this team. He cares as a blocker. I don't think he's ever going to be a good blocker. He's never going to be a great blocker, but he's he cares as a blocker. He gives good effort doing it. And he's only going to get better. It's unfortunate that he had the injury. Hopefully he's able to get back sometime this season so we can see some more Luke Musgrave. It felt like he was just coming into his own as a, a you know, like in developing and getting some of that playmaking down. But even if he can't, I think we saw the promise in Luke Musgrave. It's only going to get better and so excited for year two next year. Tucker Craft, that play along the sidelines that he had a couple weeks ago, continues to show what he is capable of as a blocker. Maybe the most improved from day one up until now at anything on this team right now is Tucker Craft as a blocker, looked lost day one, is extremely competent as a blocker right now. That jump as a rookie by week 12, whew, that doesn't happen very often, and you should be extremely excited about it. You know, combine that with what he did along the sidelines a couple weeks ago. I know he stepped out of bounds, but he showed off that run after the catch ability. He's got good hands. It was a great play. It was a design play. Kraft didn't do anything special, but because you sell him as a blocker, that opens up the play action pass where you can get the easy touchdown to him. If if he's not, if that's Luke Musgrave. I don't know that they buy him as a blocker in that situation, but Kraft, they do because he's been blocking really well. So I'm excited about Kraft. And like I said, Ben Sims, that is a steal as a waiver claim guy. I know Green Bay was interested in him in undrafted free agency. Honestly, they probably should have drafted him in the seventh round, but they find a way to get him anyway. He is coming along as a blocker as well. I think he's going to have a long career in the NFL as a blocking tight end. But I think he's got some ability after the catch. I think that will come out eventually as well. They've got three good rookie tight ends, all worth developing. One in the second round, one in the third round, one as an undrafted guy that they claimed off of waivers. And I think all of them are going to be around for a while. Exciting at tight end, exciting at wide receiver. And just think of that. At wide receiver and tight end, rookies, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Grant Dubose, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and Ben Sims. With seven of those guys, uh, excuse me, six of those guys, six of the seven having you know, legitimate playing time this year. It's crazy to think about. And again, just really good stuff from Goody. Offensive line going to be really easy to talk about. Do you know the only rookie on the entire roster along the offensive line? If you had Kadeem Telfort, you are correct. Kadeem Telfort, the only rookie offensive lineman, a guy I liked as an undrafted free agent, big dude, reminded me of Caleb Jones until I saw Caleb Jones again and realized Caleb Jones is just another level of mammoth. But Telfort's a big dude, not the most agile guy in the world. 
struggled a little bit in preseason, has some like long-term like number eight, nine, 10, you know, offensive line depth player uh, in him, I think along the line. I don't think you ever want him starting a game. He's probably best as a, like I said, like a 10th offensive lineman on your roster and like break case of emergency situation. But I don't think he's like completely uh, goner either. Like I think there is some developmental upside there. I liked him coming out as a undrafted guy. We'll see if he can amount into anything, but right now resides in the practice squad. And that's the only rookie offensive lineman on the entire team. Defensive lineman, Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. Love these two. Long-term potential short-term impressive plays here and there. Colby Wooden is the one that goes really under the radar for me. I really like what Colby Wooden's done. Now, I like how they're using him. I wholeheartedly believe if they've gave Colby Wooden like 30, 40 snaps a game, he'd kind of get eaten alive right now. But in like the 10 to 12 snaps-ish, even if if it gets that, that he's getting, he's performing really well. He's getting off of blocks. He's not making any big explosive plays. Earlier in the year, he was kind of getting washed out of the play on some rundowns. You don't see that as much. He really battles up front. You can tell he has a lot of intensity. He really cares about his craft. And he, he's just a really fun player to watch. When Colby Wooden gets in the game, take a second to watch him. I really like him. I think he has some upside there. And I do think that he's going to potentially, potentially be a starting defensive lineman down the road for Green Bay at some point. And we can all see it in Carl Brooks. Carl Brooks is going to be a starter at some point. This guy makes a impact play almost every game and he's rotating in like 20 to 30 snaps a game right now. And he'll need to continue to develop himself. He's got one big go-to move that kind of gets him a win or two, like once or twice a game. He's going to have to get more moves in his repertoire or teams are just going to eat him alive because he keeps kind of going to the same move. That's going to get on tape and that's going to get shut down eventually. So he's going to have to continue to evolve, but he's got a really unique way of finding ways to get into the backfield, make plays, force fumbles, recover fumbles, get sacks. It's just like once or twice a game, you kind of forget about him, you know, don't realize he's out there. And then all of a sudden, boom, Carl Brooks is making a play. When you make plays like that consistently, you get more opportunities, you get more opportunities, you make the most of them. You end up as a starting defensive lineman in the league. He's going to get there at some point. I think we are all very excited about Carl Brooks. What he's doing in limited playing time is already impressive. Has to get better as a run defender. Same with Colby Wooden. Both of those guys have to bulk up and just be better, firm, you know, defensive stalwarts along the line. They're not that yet, but I think they're going to get there. Year in the, the weight room and the strength and conditioning program should help. But same thing I've said about a lot of these other guys excited about their long-term prospects. Off-ball linebacker, Austin Ajiaki is their only off-ball rookie linebacker, currently resides in the practice squad, picked him up a couple weeks ago. That's all I got for you. We're not going to spend too much time on Austin Ajiaki. I don't even know if that's how you say his last name, but you get the point. Edge players. They have four, four edge players. First round pick, LVN, undrafted free agent, Brenton Cox, undrafted free agent, Keyshawn Banks on the practice squad, and then their exemption, Kenneth Odumegwu, who is still learning how to play football. LVN is probably one of the more disappointing players so far in this season. I'm actually sort of impressed that everyone's kind of giving him leeway and not being super critical of him. When he gets just his athleticism going, sometimes when they use him on a twist or a stunt or a team for whatever reason leaves him unblocked, remember that play he made again? I think it was like Justin Fields week one, right? Where he chased down Justin Fields. Like you can see everything is there. This is not a player that is lacking for talent. You can clearly see that the talent there is like worthy of a first round, you know, first round talent and just like a first round grade. It's, it's, it's not hard to see size, speed, strength, athleticism. It's all there, but 
he, from a technical standpoint, is still a ways away. And let me just put it this way. If an offensive lineman gets his hands on LVN right now, it's over. LVN has no way of shedding that that you know block, getting off of it, and like he doesn't have anything in his arsenal that's going to allow him to easily get away from blockers. If he's manned up with a good offensive lineman, that good offensive lineman is just going to win right now. Now, can you scheme him up and get him on twists and stunts and get him going to the quarterback and maybe get him as a free rusher and some things like that? Yes. And are there ways to make it so that he's in more advantageous situations? Yes. But you don't want to have a player that you have to scheme up. You want a player that can just win against the player that's in front of them. And right now that's not LVN. The talent is all there. Everything he needs to be a monster edge player in this league is there for him. But he's got to master his craft. And he's just got to get decent at his craft right now. He's he's a ways away from that. I think we're all hoping for a similar Rashawn Gary type of trajectory where the more he plays and the more he learns from those in front of him and you know kind of does get better at his technique, he's going to get just better and better and better and better. That's great. But right now it feels a little bit far away. And I think there is a little bit of a level of disappointment there. And like I said, I'm happy that people are giving him a little leeway, but it, it needs to get better because this is a premium first round pick and you can't miss on this one. So Green Bay's got to do a great job of developing him and turning him into that monster that he has the potential to become. Brenton Cox. Brenton Cox is in a good position and a bad position. The good position is he has plenty of time to learn and get better at edge because the bad news for him is he's got four players ahead of him that aren't going anywhere, at least this year, right? Preston Smith is playing good football right now, and he's going to play a ton of snaps. Rashawn Gary is playing phenomenal football right now, and he's going to play a ton of snaps. Kingsley Nigbare is coming off his best game of his career, and he's going to get snaps and is clearly ahead of Brenton Cox at this point. LVN, first round pick, is going to get snaps ahead of Brenton Cox. He's got four edge players ahead of him that are like all of them need snaps. So he's not going to get any, and he's going to be inactive more often than not. He's not a core special teams guy. So he's going to have to sort of bide his time. That's the bad news for him. The good news for him is he has time to continue to learn and get better and observe and just wait for his opportunity to come. The good news is he has the single best pass rush win rate in the entire NFL. Now he has one pass rush. He won on it. So he has a hundred percent pass rush win rate. I think he's got a couple snaps on tape. Like they're both really good snaps. Like there's a couple plays on tape that are really fun. He just doesn't have many, but when he's gotten in there, he's made a little bit of an impact it's just going to take some time just for him to get the opportunity to be on the field. And hopefully that doesn't come via injury. Hopefully as time goes on, he earns those opportunities, but there's just not much there for him right now. And then Keyshawn Banks, practice squad guy, Kenneth Odomegwu, still learning the game of football. Cool that they get the exemption for him, get an extra practice guy, but no long-term expectations for that. At corner, three rookie corners, Carrington Valentine, who is having a really nice season, needs to be better as a run defender. Very clear and obvious. He's not a huge fan of contact and physicality. That becomes an issue, especially if the guy on the other side is Jair Alexander, and he's not a huge fan of contact and physicality. That can become a big issue long-term. But from a pure coverage standpoint, like I said, this guy's taking a pick six to the house this year, and I'm already putting money that, I'm not really putting money, but I would, that it's going to be against Baker Mayfield in the box. That's my guess. But he's taking a pick six to the house this year. He's, like, he's jumping things aggressively in a good way. He's going to find his way to get his hands on the ball. I really think so. He's really fun to watch. He brings a ton of energy, great cover guy, only going to get better, good size, good speed, good click and close, ability to you know uh, turn his hips. He had a play in the slot this week that gave me a ton of excitement that 
Maybe long-term you could go Jair and Eric Stokes on the outside with Valentine on the inside. I was pretty excited about that when I saw a couple plays from him in the slot. So I think there's a lot of long-term upside there. Caillou Blue Kelly, they just picked off waivers. Did have a couple snaps on defense this week. Nothing noteworthy. Um, but again, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see to see what he can be. And then they have Anthony Johnson. Not Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety, but Anthony Johnson, the corner, who they picked up off of uh, uh, like waivers and, and brought him to the practice squad a couple weeks ago. He was more, I guess, not waivers, just a street free agent. But you get the point. New guy on the practice squad a few weeks ago. Safeties. Anthony Johnson Jr. started a few games, like what I've seen, aggressive, physical, flies to the football, needs to read the ball a little bit better, does have some ball hawking skills. I think once he gets his feet under him, like all the talent is there. So he just kind of needs to have the game slow down for him and settle down a bit. When that happens, I think he can be a legitimate starting safety in this league. And then meanwhile, Benny Sapp III starting to make his name on special teams and has gotten a few defensive snaps in some dime scenarios as well. Nothing noteworthy there either, but for an undrafted guy, just making his name on special teams is a great way to start. Had an awesome tackle back at the 15-yard line and kick coverage this past week against the Lions. So again, he continues to make a name for himself as well. Special teams, Anders Carlson, only one there. Um, some rookie kicker ups and downs. Preseason was a nightmare. Then he looked amazing for like, what, two months? And now we've started to see a little bit more of that fluctuation of like, oh, what are we going to get? And like a 30-yarder has as much chance of going in as like a 50-yarder. Like you just don't know at this point. But I still think this has been a really positive season for Anders overall. Would like to get him, see him get some kicks through the end zone a little bit more often. And like the big thing of him coming out was that he has this monster leg. I don't think we've seen that quite as much. So not sure what the issue is there. I don't think the snap and the hold has always been perfect for him. But starting again to see a little bit more of the fluctuation there. But I still think it's been a positive year for Anders and a lot to build on for a rookie kicker. So... Those are your 25 rookies. Sean Clifford, Emmanuel Wilson, Ellis Merriweather, Henry Pearson, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Grant DuBose, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Ben Sims, Kadeem Telfort, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, Austin Ajiaki, LVN, Brenton Cox, Keyshawn Banks, Kenneth Odomegwu, Carrington Valentine, Caillou Blue Kelly, Anthony Johnson, Anthony Johnson Jr., Benny Sapp III, and Anders Carlson. And of those, what do we got? Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, Luke Musgrave when healthy, Tucker Craft, Ben Sims, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden, LVN, Carrington Valentine, Anthony Johnson Jr., and Anders Carlson. 12 guys who are legitimately playing for this team right now. That's a heck of a draft and just draft and develop and undrafted free agency and finding guys off waivers, etc. for Goody. 25 rookies. Hopefully that pays a ton of dividends down the road and they can continue to really develop these guys long-term. We've seen a lot of promise already, but a lot of the future of this team is going to rest on a lot of these rookies and there have been a lot of promising results so far. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode. Shout out to our new members, David Dubois and Connor Foley. Appreciate you guys signing up. We also have a new All-Pro member, Jano7404. And a shout out to our rest of our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wayne, John Wilde, Shea Dad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handled, Donald Lee, and Lori Lord. If you've not checked out Packaday Podcast memberships yet, make sure to do so. Always appreciate you guys. See you tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.